Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Galatians First Reverse, brought to you by Telios. This captivating podcast will not only teach you the wonderful book of Galatians, but it will also teach you how to study the Bible so you have confidence in Scripture. Each episode will provide key points for verses in Galatians. Thanks for joining us on this exciting biblical journey. I'm William Stewart. Welcome back to our verse-by-verse study on the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 4. And we're in a section that's a little unusual for the epistles, the apostolic letters in the New Testament. This is where we as Christians receive our marching orders and how to live our Christian lives and all about Christ and salvation in the times of the church. So in chapter four, he starts out in a very rich section coming off this chapter three, the Abrahamic covenant, about how as under the as a sort of an example of somebody who's under the law till Christ came and finally received their salvation by faith in Christ's death and resurrection, he likens a child who's a, in royalty before he receives in his inheritance. He's like a servant and, and has no power and or position until the king dies or his father dies and suddenly he's he's the boss has has every advantage and he likens this to a person under a law the law was like a child kept um without advantage until uh christ died on the cross and he received his inheritance out of eternal life and now that person is uh, basically adopted and has the inheritance uh, in, a, in a sense like a king. And he then goes into a section really lasting 12 verses, starting with verse 8 in chapter 4. And we started this last week where he's expressing again his concern for the Galatians, like in chapter 1. And uh, this, in the beginning of chapter 3, this is very heartfelt from Paul, his concern over their Christian walk, which is bound, it seems, into legalism, into the Jewish law. So they began in faith, uh, believing in Christ to salvation, they now walk by works. So after indicating his dismay that they are walking by works, he then, in verses 13, up to verse uh, really 21, which will, or verse 20, we'll cover these eight verses today. He expresses in his own personal um, travail at their attitude. So he, he recalls in verse 13 that he preached the gospel to them despite his own weakness. The word here is asthenia in the Greek is <clears throat> actually a medical term for weakness might mean ailment, but he suffered uh, by the work he and his commitment to the Galatians in bringing them the gospel. It was no easy thing. And he even goes on to say his own temptation, whatever that was. They did not despise him for it. They didn't reject him for it. He wasn't perfect, but received him as an angel of Christ. So it shows the initial warmth and reception that the Galatians gave them as they became Christians. And then um, in verse 15, he goes to the blessedness that they had, uh, for which he bears record, how they they converted. Uh, They would at that time have plucked out their very eyes to give it to him. 
But in verse 16, now, therefore, I have become your enemy. Uh, I tell you the truth. <clears throat> in 17, speaking of the Judaizers, these people who are trying to get them to return to the law or follow the law, for those who, who may not have been Jews beforehand, that they are trying to affect you, basically. They zealously affect you. Not well, so in the wrong way. Uh, and they would exclude you. I think here he's talking about from the church, from scriptural principles, the oral tradition and the um, written traditions that are just now or that time being written down uh, into what would be the biblical canon in the future, that you might affect them or positively affect them. In a sense, it seems like they were using the Galatians for their own gain, that they might feel good about uh, having them under their spell and, and be per perhaps receive good feelings or commendation from them. It's a little, uh, perhaps a little vague, but it does seem like the Galatians were being used by these people. Paul then confesses in 18, it's good to be animated or zealously affected, uh, but with a good thing. You need to be careful for what that is. And, and in this case, it's the walking in faith, being obedient to Christ, and what the information he has sent to them through the apostles, for which they should continue to follow. And then finishes to verse 18, not just when I'm with you, but also when I'm away. That's true for all of us. We need to walk with Christ when our leaders are, are not around, our mentors are not around. We need to discipline ourselves to do this ourselves. So then he, he, in 19, he goes, my little children. So again, it's the affection of whom I travail in, in birth. This is one verb that basically indicates the pain of childbirth. So he's not giving birth, but he likens the pain of the Galatians leaving their obedience and the word of God to follow these Judaizers like a woman's pain in giving birth. Uh, and that'll continue till Christ is formed in them, otherwise they have transformed their thinking and their actions to be Christ-like, which he greatly desires for them. In 20, he finishes up on personal note. Again, I want to be with you now, um, and I, I want to change my voice. I don't want to be harsh, but he goes, I stand in doubt of you. So what does that mean here? Well, probably for some, he's doubting their uh, true commitment to walking, uh, a spiritual walk by God's word, but perhaps even for some, their salvation. It, it's not the bulk. He seems to be writing to them as if they were Christians, but perhaps there's some in there who are just taking advantage of the social Christianity setting in the church and had not really converted. But either way, he's doubting uh, their obedience to the word of God. Okay. Again, Paul has shown his love and his commitment and his, uh, to the Galatians and expressed this uh, strongly. It's interesting, in the Corinth church, in First and Second Corinthians, uh, where they is really the other church that had so much difficulty and problems and in their, in their worship and, and perhaps in their doctrine as well, they, um, Paul also spends a lot of time expressing his desire for them and, and defending himself and 
and what he's done and what he's brought to them. Next week, we get to a very unique passage on Hagar and Sarah. Uh, it's an allegory, the only one uh, that I know of, it, certainly in the New Testament, I think in the Bible as well. Glad you're with me today, but please join me then. I think you'll uh, enjoy the story that's about to occur from Paul. Goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast, Relations Verse by Verse. We hope you find the teachings both interesting and informative. Join us next week for another exciting episode. To listen to all episodes, please visit our website, teleosresearch.com. That's T-E-L-E-I-L-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H. Thank you.